Hello and welcome to the Real to Rank podcast, the podcast that ranks your favorite film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Devin Specht, and with me as always is my brother Dayton. Hey, howdy, everybody. And today, space. Space. Today we are going, Chris Nolan is taking us on an interstellar venture across the stars through a wormhole into unknown event horizons. Not that event horizon, another kind of event horizon, the usual different, event horizon. Different, not, not, we cannot stress enough how different this is from event horizon. <laughs> it's, this is not event horizon. This is an April Fool's, this is not event horizon. That, though, that would be, that would, that would be, be wicked though. That would be a pretty good one. Yeah. That's how you do it. Uh, yeah, Interstellar, uh, mm-hmm. 2015. I have never seen this prior to yesterday. Nope. Um, yeah. I saw and, this in the uh, theater. Well, I gotta say, what a fucking movie. Yeah, this is, this is awesome. This is great. I love whereas this movie a lot. Normally, I'm like, you know, watch the, if you want to watch the movie or, or don't, you just want to listen to the podcast, go. I'd say, no, if you haven't seen it, just go. Just stop. Like, go do mm-hmm. that like we'll wait yeah, wa- watch that before you come and even listen to us talk about it because do yourself a favor really it's... and if you get somehow a way to see it in the theater that is the it's one of those kind of similar to uh in a similar kind of spirit of something like blade runner 2049 where you owe it to that movie to see it in the theater yeah it's uh it's worth it it is mm-hmm. um yeah very good very very good. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's, it's a big one. This is, is going to take us a while. Uh, <laughs> I think it's if it's not the longest movie we've covered, it's pretty fucking close. Yeah, uh, I mean, so uh, probably so far longest one we've we've watched. I was like, the only thing that maybe comes close is the Batman. Yeah, maybe the Batman. Um, I was trying to think. Is there another like kind of? No, none of like the superhero movies are breaking the. That's in the modern era when they start breaking the really long. Well, Superman Returns is pretty fucking long. Superman Returns is pretty fucking long. Yeah, I don't. I think that's over two hours, but it's not two hours and like forty nine. This is two hours no. forty nine minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the time you get to the end credits, like two forty five. So thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, but uh, unlike a lot of other movies where we can complain about the length. This one, man, no, they gave this time to breathe. It is exactly mm-hmm. as long as it needs to be. There isn't, like, a whole bunch of unnecessary shit stuff. That's the, that's the really nice thing. This is like, uh, we were talking last night, because we both watched this last night, so our memories of it might be a little fuzzy. But uh, we were talking last night, and for me, this, this is one of those movies, I love movies that are almost like a huge novel. You know, that you can kind of open up and you just, you got to watch the, you know, these, these movies are built to have those kind of, like that kind of weight to it and that kind of time. Godfather Part 2 being another kind of example where that's like, that's a, that is a, a novel movie. Not in terms of like it's a novelty, but you know, in terms of the, yeah. it has that kind of weight and storytelling to it and the characters. And this is like a, a 1970s science fiction fucking like homage phenomenal bull, fucking great i love it i can't say enough good things about it <clears throat> yeah it's it yeah it, it it got me emotional uh yeah. i i cried several times actually it's it's just yeah it's Come a on, fucking Marv. beautiful movie yeah 
Come ah. on, Marv. Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is Joe Cooper. Uh, is fantastic. This is all. Who would have thought? Was this? Uh, I can't remember when the reconnaissance was starting out, but this, this definitely is, cemented it. This was, yeah, this was in there. But I mean, you got like what? Dallas uh, Buyers Club, Killer True Detective. Joe. True. De- yeah, I've never seen that. Oh man, uh, I really liked True Detective. Yeah, I heard it's yeah. good. It's. I'll get around to it. It's on the list. Um, you know, you got that. Uh, dazed and confused, definitely a part of the reconnaissance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah, this was pretty no, this was, Yeah, <laughs> this rule state relativity. I keep getting older, so they say the same age. That's just relativity. <laughs> that's that's the backward. Oddly prescient to this fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get older, he stays the same age, and that's uh, not all right, all right, all right. It's kind of paradoxical. All right, all right. <laughs> uh yeah, oh, do we just man. wanna we Oh yeah, get, we can get, just we can just open up the movie. I mean this movie just, like just the like every time I watch this movie, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, um even just the opening with the music, like those little just teases with the music, Hans Zimmer just knocks this out of the park with the score just absolutely just he nails it and yeah just the beginning even the beginning just hearing the inklings of those notes just like ah like the engines fire up and i'm just i'm ready for the ride yeah it's we get like a a few different like interviews and they're interspersed through here Mm -hmm. of like it seems like the dust bowl um, yes we get and these are uh yeah, so it is like a Dust Bowl. There is a second Dust Bowl going on on the planet Earth in the, pre- in the present future of this film. Uh, and the, the, it, something that really strikes me about this, too, is that uh, these people are talking about uh, the actual, like they're from Ken Burns's, uh thing uh, called the Dust Bowl. He did a documentary, apparently, that Chris Nolan was watching his research for Interstellar and decided to ask him for some I guess possibly unused interviews, I think. Um, but yeah, they're talking about a lot of things they did in the Great Depression. There's just dust in the earth. Like the earth has this blight, that, as we find out, that is consuming so many crops. And it's creating these untenable conditions where this is this is a very unique future because it tells us it tells us a lot of subtle details without showing us too much. You know That's, what I mean? I was going to say that. Um because I, I feel muted like future. in other movies, they would have bashed us over the fucking head with it. Exactly. They would have been like, the year is 2066. Mm-hmm. The crops and, are failing. Like, yeah. they would have had an opening text or some, like, thing mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of talking heads on the news talking about how the world came to shit. Yeah, set, setting the stage for you. What this does is it kind of, it just, it's very gently pulls you in. It's very. It's not. It's not gonna like break your neck right off the bat with like Earth's fucked. No, that's. It, we're just kind of pulling you in into this guy's life because we also start the movie with uh, Joe Cooper uh, dreaming about his crash that stopped his career in NASA, as I believe, uh, and he is woken up. Well, he wakes up from the nightmare, but he also sees his young daughter Murphy, uh, played by McKenzie Murphy. Coy. 
Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> she puts the gun in the holster and walks away. Yeah. She's like, Dad, I saw a ghost. And Coop's like, Murphy, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got the ghost. Go. Yep. There's a ghost in her room. And, you know, he tells her, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts. And he takes a drink of water. And, again, we're in the future, so this – it, but it's not – it's so familiar, which is something that I like because I feel like that's almost more kind of realistic. Not, <laughs> you it's know? not like they're wearing a whole bunch of, like, alpaca, wild-colored yeah, fur clothing. or weird plastic clothes that don't make sense. Chrome everywhere. Things. Yeah, well, we here's another thing about this. We never see any huge cities. We never see anything outside of, like, two set pieces on Earth, really. Yeah, well, outside of, like, wherever the farm is, which, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I was like, probably Kansas. It's always fucking Kansas. Kansas, or it's it's farm. Well, we could also assume maybe that it, it could be anywhere else that wasn't previously farm country that's now being used as farm country. Because it never, that's another thing I like. It doesn't give us, it gives us a lot of details, but it doesn't give us so many details. It lets your mind kind of work and roll with it to make it a more effective story. Well, yeah, because they got, like, a town, but, like... Yeah, they get, like, barnstorming teams. We'll see that later. Yeah. It, yeah, just the subtlety of, of how, like, the world has gone to hell. In mm-hmm. the various ways, you know, um, it, it's interesting. And, yeah, and in some ways, kind of peaceful in its own way, because it's just like, we don't have armies anymore. Well, and, yeah, we can't, like, uh, once the human race kind of realized, hey, this blight, this accelerated blight, which as far as I know, aside from all of the theoretical science that's in this, the blight is one of the more unrealistic things about it, like that being that quick, you know kind of thing but yes this blight just starts eating all of the crops one of the adjacent farmers to cooper is burning his crops and so we also okra okra yeah donald played by john lithgow uh tells him that nelson's burning his farm they're saying this is the last harvest of okra ever and it just it's those things that just like that's like whoa really like what the fuck is going on here like something has happened to where everything and we also there's no animals that we see at any point yeah that's another like there are no like anything you no because at one point they go to a baseball game and donald mentions having popcorn at a uh, ball game's unnatural i want a hot dog and anytime they're eating food it's any it's always usually it's corn. corn it's corn so corn is the last viable crop to yield like any sort of substantive anything yeah, they, for the human race. They talk about it like, oh yeah, we had a wheat blight. <clears throat> we had a Yeah, wheat just died. Yeah, okra and mm-hmm. now and now this. Um yeah, the world is a dustier, darker place. Well, it's um, it's like a slow burn extinction because they mention a character later will mention that Coop's daughter's generation will be the last to actually breathe on earth because they're also losing the oxygen. Yeah. So. Nitrogen is, is taking over. Mm-hmm. And it's which... such, it's so 
again, it's such a different, almost more chilling uh, kind of apocalypse for the planet Earth, in a sense, because that's, like, it's not something that you can fight. It's not something that destroys your brain. It is something that suffocates you. And yeah, we can't send you. We can't send Bruce Willis out there with a crack team of drillers yeah. to unfuck the situation. Exactly. It's... <laughs> like it's just it's fucked. And even if we give up on all these other things, like having having armies and militaries, and if we devote ourselves to farming, we still can't stop it. Yeah, that's a scary thing. That's a scary, very like that's a very almost that's a chilling kind of uh end of the world because in this setting it doesn't look like things are it's dusty yeah but it doesn't look like things are totally fucked i mean well yeah it's it, i love the timeless quality of it yeah. too where it's like this could have taken place you know any time because mm-hmm. like Anywhere the small town they're, they're in it just looks like every small town exactly and some like even the furnishings and the outfits they're not future they're stuff that you would just see people wear even now you know it it gives it that kind of like yeah the future is like it's 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 so kind of <laughs> relative uh, mm. i still and yeah. yeah so we yeah so the second dust bowl's going on when they have to eat like they have this uh talk about how like in the mornings they always put the plates upside down because dust would get in from the windows and you even see donald like wiping down like a laptop so they have kind of newish laptop and i like that kind of blend where it still gives it like even more gives it that weird timeless quality where it's still like familiar to us but could still be familiar to people like from like the 80s or the 70s even yeah love that yeah so they um it's parent teacher conference day Mm -hmm. and uh and they get into the, the dodge ram which is uh yeah, which I thought yeah. I believe was a new truck, a new new truck when it came out and t- when the movie came out in 2014, and fucking yeah, and it's just I love that too, where that's like, oh wow, that would be something that's like beating all the shit by the time the movie takes place. Yeah, it's they hop in. There's a flat, and uh, yeah, we get uh, Murph's brother Tom. Tom, yeah, uh, played by ta- Paul Atreides himself. Yep, yeah. it's Timothy Chalamet. And, uh, yeah, they, they gotta be self-reliant. I'll be around all the time, you know? Well, exactly, they, yeah. And, you know, so yeah, to Tom it. learned to fix the tire. And, well, Tom was also given Murphy shit because he said Murphy's Law. And Murphy doesn't like the fact that she was named after, uh, uh, Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to think. I was like, yeah, that was the show, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. The Coop explains that, uh, yeah, we named you after, you know, anything that can happen would happen. That didn't sound too bad. And it's a very hard, like, Coop, like Coop really loves his kids, and you get this great family dynamic early on. Yeah, that's the, it's, it's well, it's the, the kind of the heart of the movie. Like, they mm-hmm. need that relationship to be good because it's at the core yeah. of the, yeah, of everything. So. Yeah, the whole this whole like Star Trek at, at at its heart is the heart between these characters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they see a a drone just flying around, and mm-hmm. you know, time to t- 
time to go time fucking to hijack it. <laughs> we gotta, yeah. we gotta get it. You know, it's power cells could run our farm for like ten years, not ten years, but a long fucking time. It's got solar cells, and Coop recognizes it, recognizes it as an Indian Air Force drone. So it's way off course, and he's able to use some of his gadgets and doohickeys to basically kind of hack the drone like he's Batman and is able to manipulate it with his laptop mouse pad thing and yeah let's coop kind of fly it around till it lands and they roll up on it and pull out its power cells and murphy kind of feels bad she's like could we have just left it alone and coop's like well it's got to learn to adapt marv you know it's, it's a drone yeah yeah but she's still a yeah. kid I, I can see that though you know the whimsy and the you know there wasn't hurting well, anybody kind of like hunting a deer you know you gotta mm-hmm. like we need it yeah um, like we need it we need it more and you know so yeah oh and also before they had left murphy's the ghosts in murphy's room accidentally broke she had her dad gave her a little lunar lander and it fell off her uh bookshelf and broke this will become significant later yeah there's um that ghost actually has a, a lot to do with everything yeah um, that ghost is important but yeah, they're there, and uh, you, it's it's at the parent teacher conference. You can see more dust. of well dust, but also like of how bad things have fallen. Where it's just like we didn't land on the moon. Well, yeah, like, all... uh, yeah. The, uh, Murphy's teacher is like uh, she wrote in an old textbook that wasn't one of the corrected versions, where the you know like the Apollo landings were a hoax to bankrupt the Soviet Union because they got it like. Again, this is one of those very, not very subtle things, I wouldn't say, but this no, is this one is... of those things to show, like, we can't, don't hope, lo- don't look to the stars. We got to farm. We got to, like, hunker down and try and, you know, feed people. Because, like, is the, the principal and the, the Murph's teachers there, and they're, well, they're first they're talking about Tom, and they're saying, you know, Tom, he doesn't need to go to college. He's going to be a great farmer. Scores show farming. His goat test shows farming. He's not going to be a hairstylist, and uh, yeah, fucking, it's, uh... it, it's more things where it's just like, no, we don't have the resources to send everybody to college. Yeah, the colleges only take a handful of people anymore. Um, so yeah, again, it's it's very like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, like this yeah. this kind of feeling of that's where the almost. Not dystopian nature of it, but this very, like, that setting in of that chilling effect of, wow, this is something that, like, beyond a, beyond an alien invasion, beyond, like, robots, beyond anything, this, like, starvation is the thing that is going to cause the most bone-chilling type of uh, worldview, you know? It's not, it's this slow burn, and it's a, oh, man, it's such a, like, a... a uh, enrapturing idea. Yep, it's like the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like bit. there's just no hope. no real explanation. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. there's like they try to manufacture that hope though, because there's still like there's still people who are like, oh, we can fix it. You know, if we farm enough, we'll feed everybody. You know, so it's like the why they defunded NASA, as we find out. But uh, yeah, so uh, Coop is the uh, pissed off that they were like oh murphy started a fight because she said the moon landings weren't faked because they weren't faked and uh no and this is where i'm gonna 
bring out, we have a fucking mirror on the moon so you can shine a laser to it. That's how the Soviets verified that we did it. Yeah. Like, it's Sorry. not... It, yeah, I mean, it's such a stupid... It, <laughs> it's it's so very provable. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> like, if you didn't think we landed... Uh, there's another thing. I will go so far as to say, if you are listening and you didn't think we landed on the moon, uh, turn this off, because I don't want you to listen to me. <laughs> Fuck uh, off. Just, <laughs> I mean, there are two... Like, I believe there's two sides to every story. Either you believe that we landed on the moon, or you're wrong. Uh, that's the two sides. Yeah. That's what you got. Uh, and I will join Buzz Aldrin in beating the shit out of you. <laughs> like, of course we fucking did. God. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's a mirror. You don't think the Soviets wouldn't have tried to say that we didn't land on the moon if yeah. we didn't? Oh, God. Anyway, but yeah, so Coop has the reaction that I think any reasonable person should have, which is like, you know, she's going through a bit of a baseball phase. So I'm going to go get her all the popcorn and candies she wants and take her to that. And then we smash cut to uh, Merv said, I got you He's suspended. Like, hey, I got you suspended. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, well, Love you, he also He also says, you know, we have those machines, those frivolous machines we used to build was an MRI, which would have mm-hmm. saved my wife. Yeah. Well, and also they're kind of losing the point that, like, because I think that the principal and the teacher like, you're a great farmer. You gave up your fucking dreams of... You know, looking at loftier goals of flying in the skies for farming. But they're kind of missing the point that, like, Coop's intelligence and engineering make him better at farming. And it's not something that he fucking likes, either. That becomes a joke by the end. Oh, no, he loves uh, farming. That's what yeah. it says on the thing. <laughs> yeah. He told him I liked farming. Farming <laughs> is so beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. So, we, uh, where are we at? Yeah, Earth needs farmers. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Earth. Yeah. Well, the all that he's got to go back. All the tractors and the combines of. Yeah, like, they're acting weird. They're starting. They've all converged towards the house. And uh, he, which confuses the fuck out of uh, Coop. Doug Cooper. Yep. Yep. Doug Cooper. <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, God, now I'm like blanking. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, no. Doug, you know, baseball. Baseball. Yeah. D- baseball. Uh, baseball. Doug Cooper. Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, they're all the tractors and stuff are being drawn to that gravitational anomaly in Murph's room because he talks to Donald later uh, while they're sharing a, while he's drinking a beer. And he's like, if a farm was built on magnetic nor we would have known it because he had to reset all the things and all the combines. And, you know, he talks to Donald about how, you know, like... We used to be, we used to like look up. We used to dream. We used to want to explore. We didn't want to we die used in to, the dirt. We used to build shit in this country. Yeah, we used to. You know, it's and it. it I can imagine the kind of. It is sad. You know, it is like that. We had to, like, we just or just yeah, yeah, dying in the dirt, like you said, because there's no way that they're gonna stop it, as we will find out. But, well, and uh, that's the yeah. Well, and that's, there's that optimism though for. It, he just feels like he's out of uh, a man out of time. Yeah, Donald says he's born either forty forty years too late or too early. Yeah, which is, feels very yeah, because he is like one of those ah oh, man. He kind of shows that kind of great spirit of kind of like what you want in a you know one of your 
protagonist from one of these science fiction movies. You know, like kind of, he's kind of like Kirk, but not in the like uh, you know dicks. Thanks everything. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna punch a Klingon sort of way, but in the way of like that, like you said, that optimism that like we're explorers, we're pioneers. We you know we we make leaps and bounds, and you know hope for the stars sort of thing. Yeah, like we're that. yeah we're a race of uh, yeah builders and problem solvers who you know, uh, are meant to explore beyond our, our initial planet. Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah, uh, we go to that Yankee game, though. Yeah, uh, we the world-famous New York Yankees are barnstorming. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess it is the New York Yankees. It is. Like, yeah, they're wearing be. the yeah. uniform. And they got the, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. That's literally what's happening. It's like it's Shows the 1900s. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the 30s again, yeah. And, uh... So they're at the game, and this is when Donald talks about, like, there's no, can't have a hot dog, you know, it's unnatural to have popcorn. But then, and we get a couple of interview bits, because they also mention, this is one of the only other, I think this is, like, the only definitive date given in the movie, where one of the interviewees says April 15th. So, there's April 15th, and this huge dust storm, like, shows up, just huge. And the sirens start to blare, and they call off the game, and everybody has to drive home. And we get to see kind of what, like a modern version of what living through a, a dust bowl like the 1930s would have been like, where everybody mask up and they have to put on goggles and like masks and try and make their way through their town. And it's, yeah. It sucks. It's hellish. Yeah, the dust bowl is like one of those things that's just like thinking about it and like living through that time. Jesus, mm-hmm. if you would have been living through it, you probably would have thought it was the end times. Yeah, a lot of people really did. I mean, it was so <laughs> like, shitty. Well, the thing is, like, we we you know we know people who lived through it, and then you know, or at least knew you know, grandma's parents both were through the Great mm-hmm. Depression, and that's where that kind of that mentality where you got to like use everything, make everything useful. That's where that came from, you know, like. It's, uh, you know, people had to survive. They really did. Like, it's it's a, no no joke. It was a really terrible, terrible time. and uh, But very, very interesting and often gets overshadowed because we did make, you know, we did bounce back, rel- you know, so strong kind of afterwards in the historiography of the whole thing when you think about it. Because it's like, in a textbook, it's like there's the bulletin, Dust Bowl, and then what <laughs> yeah, happens next? World War Two. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Well, and then you know we beat the Nazis and we solved all that problem. Yeah, we and like that, we we fixed it. We you know bullet point over <laughs> you know and move, yeah, move on to the next section. But like this, like ten years of fucking suffering of yeah, just like of, massive well, just, fucking dust storms. Yeah, and horrible like just things that we can't really perceive of. To, like you know, it's hard to really think about. Like even from like the Hoovervilles to the. Like even this, the how many th- how many things fucking collided together make everything go so wrong? Because you got like the, like the, the market crash in twenty nine, and then you got the fucking dust bowl, and just how like strapped people were, and how well also how much people endured too. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. But, anyway, we're but uh, just just my that was just my own thought. Where it's just like, man, if you were living through it, like you'd have to think it was like this is the fucking end. I'm, well, I'm sure a lot of people did. I'm sure. Well, and you think about like how that's why a lot of people probably turned to, you know, a lot of different stuff looking for a looking for an out, looking for mm-hmm. to pull themselves like just any anything because it's not 
Yeah. Again, it's almost alien to us, given that's almost a century ago. But, uh, yeah, they go back, and then in, in Murph's room, though, the mm-hmm. uh, the dust is forming in a in a pattern. And yeah. Murph had been trying to solve it um, yep. with she Morse like, code. Morse and, code, yeah. And he's like, no, nah, this, is, this is binary. One is mm-hmm. yes, and, and, and zero is no. And I can't do McConaughey. I can't well, either. <laughs> no, we're, he's going to end up sounding like a Kentucky colonel. Yeah, probably. He's going to try and sell chicken. Um, His but finger he, looking he really, good. Yeah, yeah, he's like, it's not a ghost, Murph. It's gravity. And uh, they... Sandra Bullock is out there flying right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I've never seen that movie either. Uh, <laughs> It's gotta stop sometime. <laughs> it's the only thing I know about it is Sandra Bullock. I know there's just... like a spinning part. There's and George fucking... Clooney's there, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah, George Clooney. But I just know that she's oh, just like man. spinning and presumably <laughs> they never catch her and she's just doing that forever. Forever. Through the <laughs> through the heliocentric solar system. And oh, and man. unfortunately for her, with the expansion of the universe, she's never going anywhere either. <laughs> yeah, Newton. Hopefully, something collides into her, but probably not. No. Yeah, uh, space yeah, is so they, depressing. Well, space is huge. Space is gigantic. Um, but so they pull out the maps, and then they like mark down the coordinates, and so uh, Coop is going to go investigate, and he gets in his truck and he starts driving. But then Murph has snuck in the snuck in the truck. And has joined him to uh, wherever the hell they're gonna go. I think it's like a day's drive. They said. Yeah, it's 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 pretty far to wherever, wherever this is. Yeah, and then uh, by dark they reach a gate, and Coop's gonna uh, try and like cut through it. But then their light shines on him, and he gets tased. And then Murph screams, and then we cut to where we see Cooper being interrogated by one of the one of the robots that we will see in the movie. In this case, it's Tars. Yeah, the robots, man. Love those guys. They're great. Uh, yeah. In the future, there will be boxy boy robots that yeah, like boxy boy. All like yeah, I love that design. It's so very. It's so different, but it's also so weirdly like, oh man. Like, like watching them move, I felt like at first I was just like, whoa, because it's like they're um, it's like they're a rectangular pillar. Yeah, and they look like it, they look like the monolith from two thousand one, but a bit wider. And yeah, they have like computer screens on the front of them, mm. and then to walk, it's like they split at the bottom. Yeah. So like divided into thirds, or like you know, and then the middle moves, and then the mm. other two follow in kind of that kind of pattern, kind yeah. of like walking on crutches. Yeah. If and your you legs know were cool. bad. If your legs were bad, and what's cool about the robots, all of them in the movie, all practical effects. Yeah. That's what... I, well, actually, there's, like, mostly practical effects throughout this entire movie, which is, again, one of the reasons that I love Chris Nolan. It's a great aspect of what he does. Well, yeah, just all the stuff in space with the weightlessness mm-hmm. is... Yeah. That's oh, great. Um, so, yeah, he gets interrogated, but then this is when Coop... Uh, to meets uh, the uh, Doctor Brand, not Professor Brand, but uh, Anne Hathaway. 
and yep. uh, she tells him, "Your daughter's all right." She fucking, you know, she tells Tars to stand down, and then they take him to a big conference room where we get to see uh, her father, Professor Brand, played by Michael Kine, and uh, who and uh, Murphy's there, and they basically lay it out. Well, they actually first they ask him, "How the fuck do you find this place? You know, this is the best kept secret in the world." What, you know, how'd you get here? And uh, Murphy eventually tells him it was gravity, which piques their interest. And eventually, Brand, Professor Brand reveals that, you know, they're, they're NASA. This is what, uh, what has yeah, become Yeah, because he's just like, we want to get out of here alive. And they just kind of laugh at the question, at the request. Yeah, they laugh like they're going to kill him. <laughs> like, we're well, because he do doesn't that. know. Like, well, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, I, I did like that. And, um, so yeah, they they kind of do they explain well, they yeah. yeah they explain their NASA and then they open up the wall and uh, show them uh, I guess one of the is that the endurance right? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but they, they professor over, lays out everything. Yeah. yeah, the Lazarus Project where they sent Lazarus twelve. Missions, yeah, yeah, they sent twelve brave souls to you know well, explore beyond the wormhole. Yeah, but they don't bring up the wormhole just yet. They're waiting because that's like the real big, the real big secret. Uh, but uh, yeah, Professor Brand is trying to recruit Cooper to pilot a ship to you know to go on this big mission, and he won't tell him any more till he agrees. But this is when Professor Brand really lays out what's going on. The Earth is fucked. The blight will take the corn. It's just a matter of time. There is no. Like, like uh, we said a bit previously, uh, he says to Coop, like, his daughter's generation will be the ones to, you know, you know the first, last ones to starve, but the first ones to suffocate, I think, is the is the line. And that really lays out, like, oh, man, we're, <laughs> this is not good. And uh, Cooper asks Dr. Professor Brandt how, you know, what's his plan to save the world? And that's when he starts explaining, like, we got... Uh, 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 in 48 years ago, they discovered an anomaly, a wormhole around Saturn. And uh, they, that's where they've sent those 12 brave souls on the Lazarus missions. They don't know how it showed up there, but they've been studying it. And on the other side, there is, they say like a couple star. I can't remember the exact line, but there's at least one system that has three habitable, at least three habitable worlds, and they got to go check them out. Yeah, but for reasons they can't just they they're gonna go they're gonna pick up the signals from the the wormhole mm. and uh, determine which one and then we have two plans. Plan A is that we load up the rocket fuel, send it, load it with the words, and we sh- uh, send everybody into yeah. space. Well, because Professor Brand is working on a theorem to. It's something to do with gravity. I'm not a I'm not a physicist. I do not understand the science that well. But it's something to do with gravity to enable them to get, basically, build these big space arcs to get people like the rest of the people on Earth through the wormhole to, to safe harbor. There's also Plan B, which is a population bomb. Which is the kind of emergency, like, you know, that Plan B is the much colder option. That's why Plan A is much more fun. Yeah, well, it's just uh, they have a bunch of fertilized eggs in a big old drum, yeah. and uh, like three hundred people, 
so that they yeah. can repopulate and and start a new colony from there of yeah. of people. Which yep, man, being the one well, guy having to take care of three hundred babies, dude, right? I mean, that's like, and, but I mean, that's the cold. I mean, that's like the cold hard like reality that they're facing though and that's like that's why they have those two plans they got the hopeful plan and then they got the plan that involves a lot of daycare centers and uh so cooper agrees to the mission uh which breaks murph's heart and she uh locks him locks him out of her room and he bangs on the door and then he he comes in and they have an emotional very emotional moment well they give it <clears throat> she gives him uh or he gives her a watch so they have two synchronized watches you mm-hmm. know because it's like with the time dilation you know who knows we could be the same age mm-hmm. um yeah you know, we'll and that's when yeah and that's when murph realizes that he doesn't know when he's going to be coming back which pisses her off even more and uh he he says goodbye to tom and he says goodbye to donald and he promises uh that nasa will bring the truck back for tom and then you kind of, this is another one of the iconic shots of the movie is uh, Matthew, you know, uh, Joe Cooper driving away from the, the farm crying with tears down his, down his face. And he looks under the, the blankets as before to make sure Murph's not there. Uh, interspersed, you know, with uh, scenes of them actually launching the endurance into orbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so by the time, by, so the endurance is in space. And so our crew, now our cast of characters is we got Cooper, we have Anne Hathaway's uh, Dr. Dr. Brand, Brand. we have uh, David Gayassi as uh, Romilly, and we have Wes Bentley as Doyle. These are our group. And then they got the two robots, because there's another, uh, uh, well, the endurance is the big ship. I got it wrong, yeah. So yeah, the, the, endurance, in the endurance there's the another space robot station. called Case, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so they make it there, wake him up and, uh, yeah, prepare their, prepare their two year journey to Saturn. Well, yeah, and while they're doing this, they can relay messages back and forth and the, the messages back and forth to the thing are also, mm-hmm. uh, and they're very sad, you know, Murph just has not forgiven him no. and will, will not for a very minute. long time. For a very yeah. long time, yeah, and Tom keeps sending messages, and uh, but and so yeah, they that's how they go back and forth, and so they also decide to go for a, a cryo sleep or a hyper sleep, uh, in the endurance to cut down on you know resources and food, make the, and... Food, make the journey a lot more you know not suck. <laughs> um, and I also this is another thing I like the kind of worn feeling to all the equipment. Did you notice that? Like everything has kind of feels even on the endurance, nothing looks like it's shiny. Nothing looks like well, it's brand new. Yeah, because it likely isn't. Yeah, um, exactly. I love that. I love that worn feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah, and the robots, uh, by the way, have uh different settings. It's a kind of recurring bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. they talk about like honesty. Like, yeah, my honesty's at 90%. I find that uh, 100% honesty isn't useful as emotional beings. Mm-hmm. And Brant and Cooper agree to, to keep it at a 90%. 90% truth. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, same with, like, his humor settings as a sarcastic robot. Did we ever yep. figure out who were the voices of those those robots? One, one is Josh Keaton, and I, I don't. I don't have it in my notes who voiced Tars. Maybe I do. 
No, I don't. Mm. Uh, it's a voice actor, though. I know one's Josh Keaton. Okay. Or Josh Stewart. It's somebody. Somebody named Josh, I'm sure. But oh yeah, the other thing was uh, Murph tried to warn him that the the ghost said stay. stay. Yeah, says stay. Yeah, and uh, oh man, yeah, that whole bit's very emotional. But yeah, so everybody uh, goes into everybody's going into cryo sleep, and as everybody's going into cryo sleep, Cooper talks to Tars. He whispers to him, and Tars is like, "Why are you whispering? They're asleep." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Fucking uh, Cooper uh, gleans that uh, there was a thing going on between Dr. Brand and Wolf Edmonds. And Wolf Edmonds is one of the... There's three planets, as we'll find. Wolf Edmonds went to one of them. And then Dr. Mann went to one. And then Dr. Miller went to another. As we will find out once they have to kind of choose their destination. But they haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So they they wake up at Saturn. Uh, Beautiful. Rommel- one of my favorite shots of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Is, oh. Well, just the scale of like the uh, mm-hmm. space station. Yeah, just um, this tiny little shimmer across, like not even, not even brushing Saturn, just shows you just Earth. Like space is vast and a vast and beautiful and amazing place. Oh, and they, uh, yeah. Well, Romley is just like I keep thinking that like we just have this thin metal that's protecting yeah. us and. Yeah, it's just kind of a fun, like, I I don't know, it, it just resonated with me. And it's like, you know, uh, a lot of the champion yachters don't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. Like, this is our boat. Yep. This is, this is you know, it's what we got. We got a good crew, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it also does nice little touches to kind of give everybody little bits of personality. And I, I like Romilly a lot. He's a good character. And uh it also like coops going through and he has just earth noises like thunderstorms and birds chirping and crickets and he gives it to romilly and yeah it's really really good because you'd have to think on these like realistically on such long voyages through space you'd need those things in order to kind of keep you you know grounded so to speak you know those familiar things so you don't just lose your fucking mind yeah well that I mean, you gotta wonder for them though. It's probably not been that long. I don't know what the the sleep process is. I don't know. know. I don't know. But yeah, probably. But still, though, I mean, long enough. Make you want to go. Oh man, I just want to hear a thunderstorm so bad. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and then so they get to the the wormhole, mm-hmm. and yeah, they gotta. They can only like go around it. The science is uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's it's a big sphere, and they're gonna go yeah. around it to kind of get a good view of the of the thing, right? Like a periscope is how. It's well, described. they're gonna they're gonna they've been they've gleaned images from the other side, so they know if they go through, like it's just gonna pull them through, and they're gonna end up, you know, where they end up. Um, and but yeah, so they gotta like oh, the wormhole bet's so cool, and the just the traveling through the wormhole. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah, because they, like, travel through the wormhole, and there's, like, a, it's like a glitch, basically, right? Where Well, basically, just, it, like, they think it's, because they mentioned they throughout the movie, the people, whoever put the wormhole where it is, because uh, this is one of those, like, yeah, you, theoretically, wormhole can happen, and the way Bromley explains it, yeah, that's theoretically how it will work, and it's such a, like, 
it's one of those things that's like I love the how they present it because it's so like it's not flashy. It's not like this huge kind of spectacle thing. It's how I would almost imagine it would be really. You know, it's like beautiful, but also kind of mundane <laughs> in that, like, it's not like you got this huge, like, nebulas and, qu like, if it was a Marvel movie, they'd be going, oh, you know. Yeah, through Willy Wonka's fucking exactly. tunnel. Exactly, yeah. But this is just a very straightforward, no, this is what it looks like if you just folded space, which is what a wormhole is. Um, yeah, well, because oh, they that. do the, the whole thing where the fastest way between two points isn't a line. If you fold the paper and punch a hole right through, mm -hmm. you know, that's the fastest. That's the faster point. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's what the wormhole is. And as they're doing it, yeah, they beat they. Or what them. they assume is they, which is it just looks like a just some sort of like anomaly within the like within the side of the the ship and uh brand reaches out and she's like ah it's the first handshake and uh after this really trippy just kind of make it through the you know they they can't even drive like fly the ship through it they just have to let themselves be pulled through uh they make it to their new galaxy yeah and <clears throat> this is where they have a choice so yep. they don't have a it, ton of resources well and <clears throat> so the first one is uh miller's planet which is near gargantuan which is gargantuan, the, the black yeah. Yeah. black hole yeah uh yeah. and but the problem with it is that it's so close to it that you know relativity uh one hour there is like seven years yep normal it's yeah because of time dilation so and Oh man, yeah. So they gotta be really, they really gotta, cause Coop, all he's thinking about is time and getting back home, really. Well, yeah, cause he wants to see, he just wants his kids back. Yeah, yeah pretty that's... much. That's really like he's just doing this, like so, like they can survive, but also he wants to see them again. So that's kind of the thing that's always on his mind. And, and Doyle is is like, well, this is a uh, the the one that has the best readings, mm. but you know, he's like. We can't just go there. We gotta, you know, in and out because time is still a resource. Yeah, which you know, it brings we... up a very good point. Yeah, so like Coop, Coop devises a plan where like we got we like jump in, we jump out, bang bang boom, fucking twenty minutes tops. Okay, <laughs> like can, yeah. can we pull that off? And they're like theoretically, yeah. And so Romilly decides to stay behind in the endurance to like, try and get readings from Gargantua through the world. You know, uh, to to Professor Brand and um, yeah, so then Doyle, Coop, uh, Tars, and Professor Brand get in one of the Rangers, which are more like the side kind of you know fly fucking vehicles. They're they're like the shuttle. Yeah, or, yeah, they're like a they look kind of like snow speeders to me, like Star Wars snow speeders in their shape, mm -hmm. and they yeah. they go. They're, they're kind of like the the shuttlecraft between yeah. the two. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they fly down to Miller's planet, which it yeah says, uses uh, Cooper gets to show off his fun fancy piloting skills. Yeah, where which causes a hard landing, which isn't easy, but it is efficient. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't want to waste too many resources, and uh, it's a wa It's seemingly a water world. It's got water on the surface. 
It's got uh, Kevin Costner drinking his pee. It's got everything yeah, you could possibly everything. need. Everything they exchange, they exchange some stuff for dirt. It's great. Um, but now, so they're looking for the signal pinging from uh, Doctor Miller, and they can't find her. And the gravity is also way heavier on this planet. It's hard for the it's sluggish for them to try and move around. And Coop is just looking at the clock, and they eventually find her beacon, and. Uh, Dr. Brand tries to get uh, like uh, the I guess her research or whatever findings she had from her ship uh, but they realize there's a 400 foot wave coming right at them. Yeah it's it's the big wave. What they thought were mountains but were were the waves. It's it's the one Bodhi's been waiting for the whole time. Yeah exactly. It's the uh, big kahuna wave. (laughs) They don't got long and so uh Doyle sends Tars to go grab Doctor Brandt because she gets trapped under some of the wreckage. Fucking he turns into trying. like he turns into like a fucking uh, looks like an anti tank. Yeah, <laughs> plays. I love it. And spins across and, and picks her up. Yep. Yeah, and Do- Doyle is like waiting. Yeah, well, he's trying uh, to like you know make sure everybody gets back into the gets back into the shuttle. And he opens the door, but they run out of time. The wave catches him, pulls Doyle away. They seal the engines get flooded and they're stuck there for forty five to an hour. Yeah, which is uh, infuriating. Yeah, um, for because you know, the imagine how many people could have died and yeah, it's a very emotional scene. Exactly. Yeah, and then they also and then they also realize that because of the time dilation, Doctor Miller probably only died minutes ago. Yeah, it's like she and it just didn't get a chance like the way that the beacon works. Yeah, you know. So um, they're just like this planet's a dud. Yeah. Well, it's only water. <laughs> I mean, this be... planet sucks. <laughs> it it just seems to be a planet of shallow weight. It looks like a wading pool because they're able yeah. to just walk on the surface. It's like, oh my god, it's a planet of knee high water. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Small pontoons for everybody. <laughs> it's just, um, oh god, we effort. Uh, Ankle shorts for everybody. Capris, everybody. Don't Capris. Even know if they can breathe there. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but then, so they make it back up to the endurance, and yeah. they find that uh, Romley is much. How long did he say they were gone? Twenty-three years. Twenty-three years. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I have that in my notes right there. Yeah. And this is like, holy shit! <laughs> like, because this is where we get to one of the most emotional, like. Oh, best best acting bets for McConaughey, where he has twenty three years of messages stored up, and, and he's just bawling, and you're bawling because it's oh, just God. terrible. It's so heartbreak. It's so heartbreak because, uh, like imagine like that. Because Tom has been sending messages for years, uh, Murph still refuses, of course, um, but he he tells him keeps him up on his whole life, you know, Coop gains and loses a grandson in a video yeah like, like oh your grandson oh he's gone grandpa's gone it, yeah and it's you know and casey affleck plays old tom which is like he looks another credit to the casting because everybody really looks like old like their young actors to their older actors feel so very believable mm-hmm. yeah it's just Oh man, it's such a it's such a fucking gut punch. It know? really is. Just, yeah. 
Because, yeah, to him, like, it fucking barely seems like any time would have passed from his oh, yeah. leaving with the hypersleep and then the... Exactly. He might think, if to him, it might only feel like he's been gone, what, a month? Maybe? Maybe yeah. two months? So, so. Yeah, it's crazy. And Murph, you know, sends a message, is the final message that he gets. And it's a bitter message because she's the same age that he was when he left. And he's still not back yet. But we also we discover that Murphy works for Professor Brand now. He's trying to help him solve the gravity equation. Yep, uh, the Professor Brand's uh, pro-life equation, I guess in this case, where he's just like, <laughs> I he's, guess it's the yeah. opposite of the anti-life. He's just got to get into, yeah, yeah. They all can't be winners. No. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, and, uh, Professor Brandt, uh, as with being 23 years older, he's in a wheelchair now, still wearing the same blue shirt. Um, it, well, it's his favorite. They don't have favorite. a lot of resources for new shirts. <laughs> for new shirts. Um, so, yeah. yeah. We get, yeah, uh, Jessica Chastain is, mm-hmm. um, is our older Murph. Uh, and yeah, as they're talking, she realizes that time is the variable, like that they've been missing, is that he's been setting it up, and like she does, I don't know physics. I don't really. Well, she's a she's a genius anyway. But basically, what she yeah. realizes is that Professor the equation that he keeps working on is recursive. It's solving. It's like it's not. It's prove. It's trying to prove itself. Yeah, with... he's basically just bullshitting. It's the yeah. <laughs> that we have have here. Is like are you saying my entire life's work is like a tangerine? <laughs> hey, hey, we knew it would happen. <laughs> it had to happen. It's Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back on the endurance, they don't have the again. They even have lo- even less resources than they thought they had before. So they really kind of have to pick their planet now because twenty three because the case and case had left the ship on a steady orbit like he had been told to conserve as little. As pot to you know use as little as possible, but uh, you know they lo- overshot it by quite a bit, and so now they they have to choose. And Doctor Man's planet's readings are awesome, and they just get some signal from Wolf Edmonds, and now they have to really. And pay. yeah, this is, and and this is where, uh, it's it's they have to have a vote, but he's like you know. You have a thing for Wolf Edmonds, and mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway has this um, nice, nice little. It's like nice spot about how like maybe love is the you know defining thing. Maybe that attachment and the things that we're drawn to, mm-hmm. which kind of works as a theme of the movie, is just that. Yeah. You know. Well, that's that. That's that thing that is what kind of saves the whole human race when you think about it. Is like a dad's love for his daughter. And that you know, yeah. love in general is like that kind of, you know, that's the one thing we can bring to space more than anything. That feeling, that emotion that like, if you know, we can't we can't command gravity, we can't command time. But God damn it, we can love each other. Yeah, it's that that's going to be the, the the thing that pulls us into thing. a new galaxy. Yeah. But they eventually decide to go to Dr. Man's planet. And yeah, that is the, the final decision. Um, while Murph, Murph kind of reconnects a bit with Tom, like I said, 
like they're eating dinner and all they are eating is just corn corn. stuff it's corn corn yeah it's all knobs it's got the juice (laughs) it's it's corn everybody you don't love corn i can't can't imagine a more beautiful thing yeah and uh murph notices that her nephew is having a bit of a he's having the black lung syndrome (laughs) i got the black lung pop (laughs) and uh yeah, so she gets fucking Topher Grace to come over and, uh, you know, check his lungs, I guess. Yeah, because Topher Grace is uh, her husband and a uh, doctor. Well, and... I don't know if, like, they don't say he's her husband. I assume probably by the end he becomes her husband. but I, I just assumed by the fact that he worked at the hospital and then just kept coming along. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're just really good friends. Um... I, I just, you know... There are a lot of things that I would do for my friends, but trying to defend myself with a tire iron while they're trying to decipher a thing in their room, it seems like... Well, you obviously have not had that many ironclad friendships. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you know... And I believe at uh, one point they do kiss after Murph solves the equation. Well, yeah, after she solves the equation, yeah. That's why... well, yeah, uh, that's why everybody. But it's never, it's never like stated, so it's one of. Those I don't even think we get his name. Getty. His name is Getty. Okay. <laughs> These are the things I know about Interstellar, um, but yeah. So uh, this is around the time a lot of stuff starts to happen. But around this time, Professor Brand is dying, and he reveals to Merv that Plan A was just a big old fucking sham. It was a false hope. So that they could get Plan B to work. And yeah. Work. Well, because it, it was a lot harder for them to, like, get people to go. Yeah. And, yeah, Murph's just like, did my dad know? Yeah. Like, what did he, he know? Me Tell me. Die? Yeah. It's also extraordinarily emotional. But we haven't gotten to that part totally yet. But the, the seeds are there. But the, So the crew of the Endurance go to man's planet. It's a cold world with frozen clouds. And they roll up to, I guess, his facility, what I, his, his pod or whatever. His yeah, Manfred space. Mann's place. Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, yeah, it looks like it's like, you know, torn to shit. But they uh, open up his cryo sleep chamber and un, like unseal the, unseal that fucking <laughs> glad bag. And inside is one perfectly preserved Matt Damon. Yep, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, and the first thing he does when he sees Matthew McConaughey, as we all do when we see Matthew McConaughey, is cries profusely. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I wrote down that he woke up from his big bath there like Lazarus. Yeah. It's all symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> it's Wow, look at that. It just says to show you, I often feel better after I take a bath. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, a, feel like a rose from the dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm feeling sick, I just draw a nice bath. You know, ooh, my muscles feel great. <laughs> That's why you can't shower yourself back to life. No, there's no such you thing. You shower as a every day. Shower. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Lazarus shower sounds gross. It does. It does. I don't even want to know <laughs> what that entails. Um, yeah. But yeah, this yeah. was like, yeah, Dr. Damon. And uh, they've mentioned previously throughout the movie a little. Little things here and there that uh, Doctor Doctor Man was the best of us, the best and the brightest. He was the 
the sterling leader of the Lazarus missions. He inspired these 11 other sons of bitches to go into the great unknown and probably die. Um, so yeah. And, uh, they're like, all right, Dr. Man, tell us about, tell us about this place. And, uh, he's Oh, like, it's a stark, cold, stark, cold, 67 hour day long shit fest. It's awesome. like 67 <laughs> hour long day. That's really cold. And a 67 hour night. That's even colder. Yeah. It's, it's got ammonia. It's, uh, but the, uh, beneath the surface, I don't know. There's oxygen. I think, yeah, totally. I've I've uh, mounted several major expeditions, uh, and and yeah, it's like, what happened to your robot? Oh, I killed him. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he said he had to decommission <laughs> him once he like, because he yeah. says that he the first organics that he saw Kip misidentified, and so he yeah. It's the first kind of sign that, like, everybody get along with these robots. How can you not get along with your robot, Professor Damon? And uh, this is when the message from the re- Endurance gets relayed to TARS, and this is when we see Merv tell uh, Prof- uh, Dr. Brand that her dad passed away, and then she gives the whole message of, like, was Plan A Plan A was a sham. You fuckers left us here to die, and Dr. Dr. Man pretty much confirms. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you you think we're going to get you guys with your attachments to Earth? Like, what? You think we're going to find sociopath astronauts that we can send out into space? Mm hmm. This is NASA. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and and this is where we get to our true theme of these two episodes Matt Damon stranded on planets. (laughs) Yeah. I was hoping that you wouldn't notice he was in it until like in the very until he showed up. <laughs> this is Matt Damon in stranded places. <laughs> stranded, we stranded Damon. We, yeah. you know, Matt Damon has spent a whole career needing to be rescued from different places. That's true. Holy shit! Yeah, we gotta pick his ass up France. from Mars, France. <laughs> this planet. <laughs> We we just gotta keep finding Matt Damon and find like getting him back to life wherever the hell he was in the Born Identity, also yeah, France, <laughs> also France. Yeah. Um, now I can't think of any Matt Damon movies, but was he was he stranded in the Accountant? He's not. No, no, that's Ben Affleck in the Accountant. Oh, uh, the whistleblower. I don't even know what that is. Oh, he's in South Africa and Invictus, but he doesn't really need to be rescued. Uh, yes, he does from soccer. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking, uh, does he need to be rescued in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Uh, from Goodwill Hunting 2? Oh, yeah. It's been a long time since I watched that, man. Af- applesauce, bitch. Uh, bitch, yeah. <sighs> Goodwill Hunting 2, Hunting Season, directed by Gus Van Zandt, yeah. Uh, yeah, then yeah, uh, he's in other Goodwill Hunting. There's um, another, there's not another Goodwill Hunting. There's just the, the, yeah, the original. Oh. But anyway, so if yeah. I can, yeah, the... Coop decides that, uh, well, I'm done with this. I'm going back to Earth. Fuck y'all. I'm fucking, I'm done with this. I've I've been hoodwinked and hoodwinked for the last time. McConaughey well, out. Yeah, and that's the, 
like this is it we're we are we're this is the planet we are leaving like, mm-hmm. there, well do, do, get do, set gonna, up he's gonna leave uh romilly and uh dr brand there because they want to stay and he's just like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fuck off right through that wormhole and starve to death for two years by the time i make it back to earth yeah at least i can poorly plan out plan at least i can spend time with my kids while the world ends yeah and yeah and and the situation on earth is getting much more dire we got uh so like tom has brought up that um yeah, he's taken over to the the other people's farms. You know, there's more people mm-hmm. just leaving these. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's... and much more, much more bigger dust storms. I take it, and just yeah, things are things are not going well uh, at all for the people on Earth. So Murphy has to try and solve the uh, has to try and solve the equation. Yeah, and uh, this is where. Um, yeah, they they talk about it being like a, the the black hole. The gargantua is a gentle black mm-hmm. hole, so like maybe they can go around it and get yeah. to kind Edmund's planet. By, yeah, kind of slingshot around gargantua to get to get to Edmund's. Um, yeah, but yeah. we're not we're not totally there yet. Um, but yeah, so eventually, fucking Coop is like, oh, I want to get this shit set up with uh, Doctor Man, and so like he. They go off somewhere to do a thing. They go off on a fucking hike, apparently. Yeah, they take like a you know, Coop's on a good on a like on a tight timetable. So let's take a three hour fucking stroll away from. Well, base well all while uh, Doctor Man is acting the most suspicious I've ever heard a human being act <laughs> in my know. entire life. Do you have your radio? Where is it at? Okay. <laughs> do you? Yeah, exactly. It's just oh, saying all this weird shit. And... Yeah, you know, it's a survival instinct. You know, that's why we don't get people with uh, a lot of attachments like you. You have your family. That's that's real big attachments. I don't have any attachments. I can just, you know, I, I woof. And, uh, oh, let me tell Like, oh, I mean, do you guys got to set up the lab and everything here? And like, yeah, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Oh. 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 Are you sure? And- and, uh, yeah, because Rom- Romilly needs to get, like, an optic thing from Kip, uh, Matt Damon's robot. And he, he's, he, even then he's like, ugh, what? Are you sure? <laughs> he's, yes, he's suddenly acting very suspicious for the breast and the brightest of the Lazarus missions. And, he is uh, acting like the most suspicious man on the planet. Because yeah, he, he basically, is. He basically should have just spray-painted Betrayer on his fucking visor. <laughs> like, because he does. He attacks Coop. And he reveals that he faked the data because he's a big coward because he didn't want to well, die. Because he wanted him. to, I want to live. I want to yeah. live. He he wants that sort like he like all the others. We assume have died on their worlds. We don't know, but like they like they accepted their fate. He faked the data because he was just a big coward and couldn't you know accept that 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 kind of sacrifice. And they get into a scuffle. And then eventually, uh, Dr. Gets Man cracks. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, there's a 50-50 chance that you'll break your fucking mask, too. And Matt Damon's like, those are the best odds I've had in years. Smash. And cracks Cooper's visor. Because, like I said, it's nothing but ammonia. No air. Ammonia here. And uh, the tension is ratcheting up. Ratcheting up. Fucking Dr. Man rips off. Uh, does he rip off his like radio thing? 
I can't remember. Yeah, he took it out before the betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but basically Dr. Man flees to try and get back to base camp, but Coop is able to get a hold of Brand and Case, and they fly the one of the other little ships to try and rescue him. But at the same time, Romilly has to unlock a thing on Kip, which causes him to explode. And, uh, yeah, so things are... Things are not turning up Melhouse for the fucking crew of the Endurance. No, yeah, so, um, yeah, things are bad. <laughs> yeah, th- but uh, Brant has to go, because he, uh, Cooper is able to get the radio and radio back in and get rescued as, mm-hmm. yeah, ever, as they realize that man is trying to uh, maroon them yeah, on this planet. Sad gonna take the take the endurance but thankfully uh tars is not very trusting and he uh tars and uh, case both kind of (laughs) worked subtly with each other and uh uh, turned off the auto docking sequence so dr man doesn't know how to dock with the endurance and there's they teased us a little bit before when coop uh attached the shuttle to the endurance earlier in the movie before they they left and this is going to become very important yeah, the because uh, yeah, he tries docking and they just keep trying to radio and he shuts off the radio yeah. and you can kind of see this like problem solving that uh, Doctor Man has, but he's he's sort of lost it. He has yeah, he's an imperfect sequence. Yeah, because he like he just decides like, oh, it's good enough. Override. It's you know, He keeps trying to override shit, and eventually Doctor Brand like gets over the PA system and is like, do not fucking you're gonna depressurize the cabin you're gonna fucking bifur dolphin yourself and this is not gonna be good <laughs> and yeah he does yeah he does and it blows up the not the whole yeah. endurance but it takes out a section of it it takes out a section of it yeah it causes like, it to spin uncontrollably yeah for has my favorite like this whole like this is one of my favorite bits in the movie but all mainly it's my favorite han zimmer musical bit like this this Dun, 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 like oh my god it's it's fantastic and it's well, so it's, just tension building and cause music it's spinning. And, <laughs> music and sound design like there's a lot of like really good like they make use of the silence a lot mm-hmm. especially in here in, in bit, space yeah. well in space there's a lot of it like uh it tends to just let the moment just sit well, and yeah. have like absolute silence as you just kind of have to marvel at it, and it gives mm-hmm. you, yeah, gives you a lot of time to like process. Mm-hmm. Gives you oddly enough some breathing room, and uh, so there, Coop is able to dock with the endurance. He's able to match the the spin of the ship, uh, and they're able to get get everything turned back on. But uh, you know. Status still fucked. We still are monumentally fucked. <laughs> well, in fact, like even worse because we have less life support system. We have Plan B in place. Just mm, in yeah, case. they're fine. Like, but you know, the backup generators turned on. But yeah, this is not uh, not good. And they still need to get the information from inside the heart of the black hole. And so they decide to pop Tars and a Ranger and throw him right into the right into the thing because humanity is never you know newton's newton's third law uh, bros before hoes wait no not that one um yeah uh <laughs> what is it 
he who smelt it dealt it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, and uh, uh, if if the floor if food is on the ground for under five seconds, it's safe. <laughs> Newton's five second rule. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they gotta you know to get anywhere, something's gotta be left behind. So they gotta shed the weight, and they do this whole whole procedure where uh, Cooper you know says to Brant ninety percent, and then he detaches as as she. She and Case take the endurance and glide on the kind of glance from Gargantua to make it to Edmund's planet. But uh, yeah, Coop it, it, is is sucked in, and the black hole we must mention Gargantua is astonishing. Yeah, it well, is and, and beauty. He he didn't tell Brant that he was doing this either, because no. she would have said no. So it was like a whole like sacrifice on his own mm-hmm. of as he goes into the black hole, and yeah, this whole sequence is is just breathtaking i have very few notes past this point because it's oh yeah yeah well he so he enters into the black hole and like you said that same kind of sound design because all we really hear is just his breathing and he's talking he's basically just kind of you know saying what's going on like the instruments are turning off nothing but darkness and we're just getting that it's it's beautiful because it's just vast it's dark it's quiet there's so little going on little yeah a little like what i can only presume are like droplets of light basically land on the fucking on the ranger and then some other uh things just fly through because what's happening you know he's obviously surviving through a black hole the real thing that would have happened is he would have been crushed to death and turned into spaghetti (laughs) oh yeah he would have been turned he would have been crushed and exuded atom by atom as though he were a tube of toothpaste yeah so uh... you know he's he's doing pretty well so far but yeah. he eventually <laughs> he's eventually well, yeah, the he, ranger he he ejects and turns into like the Willy fucking Wonka verse or it's like that the all the colors and everything made it seem like it was uh you know, there's no earthly way of knowing. A little bit at the beginning, through. but once he once he basically he's floating through the black hole, and then he just sees this like lattice of all these different things. You can't tell what it is at first, and then he just falls through it, and he eventually catches himself. And what we are seeing is uh, time put into a, a con- time time placed in a way that he can understand as a physical construct because. Uh, we, we learn from TARS that they, whoever they are, big nebulous they, are enabling this to happen so that uh, Coop can kind of finish this casual loop that's going on. Uh, because they can't, they're so advanced that they can't, like, tell him what's going on. This is about the only way that they can actually communicate what, you know. So yeah. he realizes that he's in Murph's room, that these are all the moments of Murph's, Murphy's room laid out through time. Yeah, so he's like, you know, Murphy, and then the holster. Once <laughs> mm-hmm. she yeah. takes that <laughs> M209. Yeah. Uh, when she becomes a single mother uh, working at a news station. Yep. Um, All of those Murphy bits that we know and love. <laughs> all of he, them. He he basically becomes slaughterhouse five style unstuck in time, mm-hmm. as you can see all of time. Well, at least uh, all of time well, in terms of this bedroom. In terms of this one bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's where we realize that you know he is the ghost. 
Yeah, he's the one who was doing all the kids. And here's another thing I love about this. This is all a physical set. This isn't a CG set. This is all a physical set. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Because <laughs> Chris Nolan's a madman. And but we get to see like he's he he tries to interact. That's where like the you know, like the books topple over, the lunar landing crashing on the ground, even the dust and the coordinates for NASA. He's doing he's doing all of it and eventually like he realizes that they are using him to tell her the quantum data that she needs to solve gravity in order to save everyone to make plan B a viable option. Plan A. Plan A. I'm sorry, plan A. And uh, and so that how how do they decide to do it through the watch Morse code through the watch. And he... Well, and this is where so while this has been going on, Murph um, had a falling out with her brother because mm. he is too headstrong and doesn't want to leave the farm because yeah. this is where he was. You know. Well, this is all he knows. This is like yeah. you know, it's like that two kind of clashing perspectives you know and so she rolls into the farm and she lights it on fire with a flare causes a huge torching of the corn you know his corn fields while she uh runs in well you know uh, tober grace grabs his wife and the kid puts him in the car uh, while she tom's wife the... not yeah, yeah, Grace's. Yeah. yeah yeah and uh She's uh while she's in the room, she's trying to just try and figure it out, and that's when she gets the realization that uh, Matthew McConaughey was the ghost, and that it's the watch. The watch is the thing that's like has because it's you know. it's using the it's using the second hand to use Morse code through mm -hmm. uh, manipulation of gravity, and that's yeah. where she's able to um solve Get the, the equation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they needed they needed the information from inside a black hole in order to figure it out. Yeah, and she throws papers out around NASA like I did it, which is a Eureka! Like, it's traditional. Yeah, and yeah, and as he does that, all, all that happens. He wakes up in yeah the the tesseract that he's in collapses, and then the. The higher, the bulk beings, as we can call them, leave him drifting outside of the wormhole where we see two lights flashing in the distance. And he's picked up, rescued by uh, humanity as we see that he he wakes up in a hospital bed and he like, he's like, the doctor's like, oh, you're fine, Mr. Cooper. You're spry for like a 125 year old. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're here in Cooper Station. It's like, oh, that's nice. You named a station after me. <laughs> and then they laugh at him because we didn't name it after Deadbeat Dad. We named it after Murphy Cooper. And uh, he looks out the window and he sees kids playing baseball. And they hit a they hit a ball and it goes up and it hits a house that's on the, well, not the roof of the, they're in an O'Neill cylinder. So it's it's huge and spinning and it has artificial gravity. So there's buildings on the on the top but they crack they crack a window with their baseball and they're like yeah home run uh, home run and uh yeah this is this is very cool so murphy is murphy solved the equation uh the human race is we don't know how many there's at least cooper station at least one other station that is going to go through the wormhole yeah and then there's uh um like a recreation of his house and that's yeah, where all the Dust Bowl survivors yeah. are actually from this era. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, from, like, his era. And that's, it's, like, a museum piece right. of his house. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we get to see who we didn't realize at first. The first, uh, you know, the first lines on the movie are from Murph saying, "Well, my dad was a farmer, like everybody back then." And yeah, it makes a nice little closed, closed circuit. But uh, and they also sees that Tars is there, and he's able to put a new battery in Tars and get him working again. Mm-hmm. And so they they hang out because they said uh, Cooper Murphy is like in cryos cryosleep but she wanted to come as soon as possible but she's she's very she's old by this point she's very frail and uh in her her dying days but they finally uh they are finally able to reunite because uh, he promised that he would yeah, yeah. Uh, ellen burston just is is phenomenal and like it, yeah like we said earlier you told him i liked farming <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> it's like the best way to like best way to break that ice and yeah, she has her whole family with her now, and like, yeah, it's a very, it's a bit, it's a bittersweet but very beautiful ending. And she, Murphy tells Coop that he has to go out and find Brant because she's setting up camp on Edmund's planet. We find we get little hints here, but we see that there was a rock slide on his pod lab, whatever. So presumably he died, and so she's just she's with Case preparing to, you know, set you know try and try and get this off the ground uh, well, yeah because while... it's a uh, edmund's planet also in its own little time dilation i don't thing. think so they don't they don't talk a lot about like it's just the farthest one away from where they were that was the main reason like it yeah. was like is like so far away that it took so much like i guess fuel or whatever but that's i guess that's where everybody is going to be going is edmund's planet but coop uh and tars steal a steal a ranger craft and they're going to go through that wormhole and you know meet up with brant presumably i don't know i love the ending because it's like it's a it's a hopeful ending it's not really like a, a sequel hook because this doesn't really need a sequel no but it's it it's such a like optimistic ending i really like it yeah, he steals the craft and and goes and yeah, mm-hmm. that's and then and then that's a Interstellar. Yeah, what a what a movie! I know, I love it. Every time I watch it, A plus number one. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I was just blown away. I don't know. Really, that's why Dayton's been taking the reins because he's seen it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh one of is a top tier kind of mm-hmm. kind of experience to oh, yeah, to see and, and just from a writing perspective, just layer the the building and how everything kind of works in mm-hmm. you know. I had yeah, figured out that he was gonna be the ghost uh, oh, yeah. pretty early on. because uh, I'm a savvy film goer. But yeah. still, like Oh yeah, it it everybody and that's the thing about it too. Like everybody is firing on all cylinders. There's not really like a weak, like all the actors like are just bringing their A game. Chris Nolan's like top notch. This even if some of the dialogue can be a little hokey, like you were saying, the structure of it and the layers of it make it such an enjoyable ride. And this is an almost three hour movie that doesn't feel like three hours. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh man, that was a breeze. And then it's like dark outside. <laughs> yeah. Know? Where when did we get up? How long yeah. have I been asleep? Oh no. Uh, um but uh ah oh, ever since I yeah, like I said, I saw this in the theater and one of my one of my favorite film going experiences because that was like 
for everything the audiences was just along for the ride like for that shot of saturn there were people who gasped you know when when matt damon you know got depressurized that was like the biggest like oh in the whole theater and you could hear people crying at the end i mean this was a yeah this is this is one of those movies this is this is a film this is one of those films that we hear so much about and uh yeah i love it yeah it's just uh indescribable it's yeah it's you owe it to yourself to see it i'm sad that i waited so long to see it Mm. Um, thankfully I knew very little about the spot. Like I knew it had to do with relativity Yeah, and I knew Matt Damon was in it. (laughs) Right. It's the only things. Yeah. That's really, yeah. Don't spoil it for yourself. Just kind of go for the ride. Cause even you gotta have to watch it to really understand it. Cause trying to explain it can be really difficult. Like in terms of the physics and the, you know, like, and, who are the bulk beings? And I don't, I don't need answers to any of that stuff. I like the fact that they left, they left all of the right things ambiguous. They left enough well, for the I, imagination. I just assume that the people, like humans, figured it out how to do well, it, yeah, and then like, created the, the time loop. Well, yeah, because I mean that's the only thing that would like, I don't know, why aliens would be so benevolent. I don't know. It seems like you know, kind of <laughs> self interest to get people through the. Yeah, that's why I've I've always taken it. Well, Mer- oh, Coop says that that's his, that's what he postulates that they are a they are a future people, not not necessarily like us, but you know we we are the first stepping stone to what they will be, and they need they needed Coop to send those those uh, numbers to Murphy in order to get it all happen. Yep. Yeah, but don't go into any black holes. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm fairly those. positive you will die. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any like near nearby that you have to worry about, but uh, you know, just, just <laughs> keep, in keep case an eye you out. Find it, yeah, you know, you know, watch out. Keep your eyes open, eyes open, ears, ears, uh, ears open. You know, if you see just... something, say something. black hole yeah. see that, there you go you report you it tell, we you'll be tell somebody about this you should uh you'll be able to know because nothing will escape it not even <laughs> yeah. light not even your words yeah just everything will be drawn to its in, uh, into the void yeah, so uh report it to your local agency <laughs> to your local local authorities they will do <laughs> they'll you. be able to they'll <laughs> be able to take care of it uh-huh. we got we got procedures in place Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a <laughs> we did trainings for this. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. Who can forget? It's just like uh, all the times they used to teach me what to do when I was on. If I was ever on fire, you know, stop, drop, and roll. And then after that, it would be like, here's what you do in a black hole. Yeah, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> stop, and give up. Be taken into the give up. Take it to the crushing embrace. <laughs> it's very downer kind of uh, school well, I mean, safety. It's, it's pretty much the only thing you can do. Oh man, but, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, that was Interstellar, and I next we will be watching another Matt Damon gets stranded on an alien planet, uh, the Martian. Just, just let's keep rescuing Matt. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the Martian. This is gonna be good. Oh, uh, the Martian's great. I read the yeah. book. Yeah. 
Andy Weir. That's, yeah, well, yeah, I would I would highly recommend the book as well. I uh, uh I did the audiobook and that was that was very nice. It was a very good uh experience. Mm-hmm. Nice nice breezy breezy thing. But yeah, until then though, I'm Devin. I'm Dayton. Thanks for listening everybody. Have a good one. Peace.